Hi, this is the Acquire Podcast, and I'm Jenny Wright. We're part of the Odd Phonic Podcast Network. This podcast dives deep into the world of list building and online events, lead generation, and the whole point is to empower entrepreneurs and marketers with the knowledge and strategies to master these essential growth tactics. In today's episode, we have a fantastic guest and a local Canadian, Jenzea DiMartel. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much. Yay, I'm excited to do this. Absolutely. And you are not only a Facebook ad strategist, but you're also a mom, an elementary school teacher. You are the mastermind behind JD Teach, um, sorry, JD Teach Printer Marketing. And that is a boutique Facebook ads agency specializing in helping ambitious course creators, service providers, and coaches supercharge their lead generation efforts, grow their lists, and ultimately boost their revenues with incredible offers. Jenzea's insights are bound to be completely amazing today, and I'm really excited to dive in. So you know where I'm going to go with this. We've talked a little bit off uh, before we hit record, and we're going to be talking about how we use things like list building, lead generation, and everything in terms of ads. I want to relate it a little bit to summits, and I want to talk specifics. Now, we're going to start with numbers. You have two people that you've worked with in the past, and you've got some numbers to share with us. And then I'm going to move this story backwards and forwards. We're going to do a couple other things, but the expertise that you share about um, building or using Facebook ads in terms of launches, were these people that we're going to talk about, were these Facebook ads for summits or were they for something else? Yeah, both of them are for summits. The first one, it's her third year running the summit uh, with me. I think it's the fifth year in total. And then the other one, it was his second year with the, with, the summit and first year running ads to it. So. Awesome. So Facebook ads with summits, do you find before I get into the details, do you find that um, running Facebook ads for summits is different in a really remarkable or, or talkable way than running Facebook ads for say like a lead magnet or a webinar? So yes, yes, <laughs> because a lead magnet and my my hesitation there happened because it depends if that webinar is evergreen or if you're using it in a launch. The main difference between like a summit and a lead magnet is just how long you're running the ads for. Mm-hmm. When it's a launch, a webinar could be or a summit could be, it's typically a shorter time frame. And so you have less time to make adjustments, updates, any tweaks or changes that are needed. Uh, versus a lead magnet that's ongoing or an evergreen webinar that's ongoing. And you can make those peaks and changes um, a little bit more over time and you can collect data and really lean into that. Whereas those launches, you have to make really quick decisions. That makes that makes sense, which also makes me feel like a summit is a really great way to test out your audiences and gather more data. And I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're the expert on this, But I think with a summit, if you run that and then you're really working on that audience and who they are, it would inform very well for like a future webinar. It would actually probably make that a little bit more concise in terms of your um, like who you're targeting with your ads. Would that be about right? Yeah, I think it could work either way. Okay. Um, If you did a webinar beforehand, every single promotion that you do can inform the next one, I would say. See, I, I, I was just trying to paint everything that summits are awesome. So that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I do really like summits and because of 
the bigger audience that you're also drawing in from organic, like collaboration type leads. Yeah. And that helps you get into a new niche that way without having to run ads to it and without you having to break into it yourself. So I really like summits for that. <laughs> I love how I love how I love how I'm like at all. <laughs> I love how I'm like, yeah, I want to like make summits look good. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to jump on and make summits look good with you. Okay. Talk to me about your <laughs> first, the first client that you have some results for in terms of running ads for summits. What does that look like? What are like, so sort of lay the land for us. What did it look like before? And give us all those details. Yeah. So back in 2021, so three years ago now, we ran her first, the one with ads for the first time. Like I said, that was her third actual summit that she was running and we spend about oh, about thirteen hundred dollars on ads mm -hmm. so not a huge budget but we spent most of that budget on registration ads mm -hmm. actually no the entire budget was on registration ads and she had a vip upgrade and that's how i recommend summits are run and we've talked about this before previously that we both agree with that, that the best way to run a summit is the free ticket up front and then a back end sale for a VIP or all access pass, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's exactly how she had it set up. And that first year, the return on ad spend was about $1,200. So we, it was about 90% return on ad spend. So she actually spent more than she made. And this, those sales could be directly attributed back to the ads. Um, which is, is a good spot to be. Mm -hmm. She only spent a hundred dollars and she added over 1500 people to her list. For That's $100, actually really, really good. Insane. It's so good, right? That's amazing. Because of those VIP things. Yeah. And so when you look at it, it's like 90% return on ad spend. You're kind of like, poo poo, I lost money, but you only spend a hundred dollars and now have over 1500 new people on your list. And she also has a membership on the back end that she was selling people into. And so that we didn't track in comparison to the ads. But I know that since 2021, some of those 1500 people have definitely joined her. her um, oh, for sure. There's no, no question in my mind about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you're, so say she didn't run those ads, she didn't spend that 1400 $1,400, you said, to get about that, yeah. about that, and she got 1,500 registrations. Had she not spent that money, what kind of list build would she have gotten? Did she have any organic growth that wasn't attributed to the ads? Yeah, so I don't actually have that information because right. it was separate and I didn't track, but there was also affiliates that were getting signups for her. She did her own organic marketing through her email list and everything like that. So there was also that growth that happened, mm -hmm. but- um, typically I would say that depending on the budget of the ads, anywhere from like 10 to 30% of your summit registrations will come from your ads. Mm -hmm. So she would have lost out, she still would have lost out of f over 1500 people going onto her email list, and which for is those huge. Of, it is massive actually. And for those of us who don't do math well in their heads, she spent $1,400, got 1500, you know, 1500 people attributed. So each lead cost her how much? Uh, less than a dollar. Yeah. Do you know how much it normally costs to get uh, a lead? I mean, I'm sure you do. Like the normal cost mm -hmm. per lead right now that I'm seeing is anywhere between, uh, at least on my side of things, anywhere between about 10 to $30 per lead. It's a huge swing, but it depends on the summit mm -hmm. and depends on what you're doing. One And even Absolutely. if you're just doing organic, 
$1 per lead in any way, whatever you're spending on your summit, that's an amazing return on investment. Now for context, this client, I run her lead generation mm -hmm. um, to lead magnets and opt-ins as well. And we typically get about 30 cent leads there, which on an, on an opt-in probably for your audience is going to be closer to that two to $5 mark. Mm -hmm. Her cost per lead based on her audience are low, but even still less than a dollar for a summit is absolutely insane. So absolutely good. insane. It's so good. It's, yeah. uh, it, it, I haven't seen numbers like that quite honestly in years, in mm. years, like probably six or seven, maybe even, yeah, six or seven years. The, the prices have just seem to have gone up. So you're doing, you're obviously doing something really, really well. Uh, and that's great. You've probably done a lot of tracking and data and analysis and God knows what else to try and make that work. And that's awesome. So that's, that's a really great example. You had another example to share with us. What, what well, happened with that we, person? Before we move on to the other example. Yeah. Sorry. Before we move on to the other example, that was her 2021. We also ran it in 2022 and then 2023. So I won't give you everything. I'll just skip over to this year's summit. Um, and so this is the difference that like running the no, same give us all summit, of it, all of it. Tell us everything. Take all the time. Okay, you fine. Want. Yeah. So in 2022, we we spent less. We only spent about a thousand dollars, and we also got fewer registrations. So we got 500 leads, which costs about two dollars a lead. So there was a spike that happened in her cost per leads. There was a lot that was going on in the online advertising space. So like that does make sense. But the crazy thing, because we took what we learned from the year before her sales from the VIP that can be directly attributed to the ads were over $2,000. And so her return on her ad spend the second year that we ran ads was almost 200%. That's, that's so, which is a huge growth. Yeah. yeah from 90% return on ads to 200%. Uh, she got fewer leads. Absolutely. But made her money back. So all of that 500, those 500 leads were absolutely free, which is crazy. Awesome. Yes. And, um, there was that like really amazing growth. And then this year we spent about $2,000. So budget went up again mm -hmm. and we got 1700 people onto her list. So best year ever because wow. the budget was bigger. The cost per lead was a dollar 21 which is still, still a phenomenal rate. Yeah. Phenomenal dollar so 21 for summit lead. And, but her sales was, were nearly $8,000. So her return on ad spend this year was 380%. So like that oh growth that she made and like, I get goosebumps when I talk about it because it's, it's crazy. It's, it's just crazy. You could get so like lost in the numbers and say, well, in 2021, that, if that's your first year running ads, well, I lost money. It's not worth it. Not interested. Mm -hmm. Or you can do like this client did, stick with it, learn from it, make those changes, updates, improvements. And then in year three of running ads, quadruple what she spent. Like yeah. the almost 400% on ad spend is absolutely insane for a summit. It's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's pretty much unheard of. So that should make you in high demand mm -hmm. just for that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really, I mean. I love we, doing summits too. I really love doing yeah. summits. So we can't discount what that, I mean, what that means. 1700 people on your list can mean the difference between filling your program and, you know, mm -hmm. making 60, 70, $80,000, depending on the price of your program and 
literally not. Right. That, yeah. I mean, and I have no problem actually with the second summit being a smaller list build. There was a lot mm. going on at that time. Ad so spends. Much. Yeah, so much. I mean, hi. Yeah. But there was, there was so much going on, but not only that, the prices were ridiculous at the time. I know things have kind of settled a little bit, which is obviously yeah. better, but considering not bad, not bad. So she stuck with it. She's seen a ton of really great results. How indicative would you say that situation is of what you can replicate for other people in your opinion? Not that I'm expecting that you can, but just asking your opinion. I think that there's a lot that goes into it. And I feel pretty confident of being able to replicate like her first year for someone else's first year. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then that growth that you can build on every year. And like I said, using what works well and continuing to amplify it every year. I feel like if someone's willing to do that work and in that, those are very replicable, replicable results. (laughs) Absolutely. What I was going to, what I was going to pull from all of this and sort of bring it back to launches and whatnot is that I've focused for a long time, just on the organic side done pretty good. I'm going to pat myself on the back on terms of like the organic growth. I have zero skill on Facebook ads, which is why I refer people to you. Go talk to Jen let her help you. I, you know, that's, that's my, that's my, that's my Facebook ad strategy, by the way, just go to you. So (laughs) you, (laughs) no problem. I think a key part of the success with Facebook ads is probably understanding your audience to a really heightened degree. Like it is, correct me if I'm wrong, but it should be the nichiest of niches when you're looking at creating Facebook ads. Can you kind of explain the common thread between successful ad campaigns for things like summits or other types of launches. And can you elaborate, like, how deeply do you go into understanding your clients' audiences? Well, yeah, it 100% correlates. The people who know their audience really, really well and can pull out the vocabulary and the phrases that their audience is using about their pain points, their struggles, their challenges, their ads better every single time because they just resonate so much more with the person who's seeing the ad. So knowing who you are targeting and who you're speaking to is possibly the most important piece. And a lot of people think that it's like, oh, the the targeting's wrong or my the audience is wrong or it's the wrong offer. But I would say nine times out of 10, it comes down to the messaging. And if an ad isn't working, then finding a different angle finding a different way to say the same thing that's going to resonate more is actually what will change the results. Throwing the offer out is not, is not the answer in my opinion. I agree with you. And I think people quit too too quickly. And Mm -hmm. there seems to be two camps when it comes to Facebook ads. It's the people who think they can do it completely on their own. And they may be, they very well may be able to do it. And then there's people who don't know how to do it at all, but are also really afraid to spend the money mm-hmm. on it, lest it not work for them. And there's, I guess, obviously there's a third camp of people who are like, your client, yeah, let's put money towards it. Let's make it happen. How do you, is it worth, or how do you like change people's minds about Facebook advertising? How do you get them to see that 
this is a really valuable thing they can do in their business and it doesn't have to break the bank. I think people are afraid of just throwing money out the window and not Mm -hmm. seeing a return. And then they're also really afraid of breaking the Facebook ad platform. They've heard of horror stories where people's ads or accounts have been blocked and shut down and, and for no reason. Um, And I put that in quotations because (laughs) I'm sure I'm a hundred percent sure there are situations where it wasn't a valid reason, but most of the time, if your ad account is going to shut down or your ads are going to get shut down, there is a very clear reason. You probably know, you see it coming. Um, You're advertising on things that are question mark, like income, dieting, those types of ads, Mm -hmm. and you're trying to get around regulations. So if you're not doing that, um, your ad probably won't be shut down. Your account won't be shut down. Um, And if it is, then you can appeal and it will get put back up really, really quickly. I've never, ever had a client whose account has just been shut down for no reason. Um, And anytime it's been shut down, an ad has been shut down, we have been able to make the changes that are required um, and get it appealed. Or if there was no actual problem and it was just the the bots. So that's that's kind of responding to the one fear people have is mm-hmm. you're probably not going to break a Facebook ad platform. You're probably not going to get completely shut down. Second one is that fear of just like throwing money out the window. Yeah. And I totally understand it. I, I do totally understand it. And that's why I think it's really important to have a holistic marketing strategy in place where you're emailing your list on a regular basis. You're creating valuable content of sort. And you're really like trying to show up in and not just let the ads do the work and then ghost people. And so if you're doing that and you're emailing your list consistently and you're selling to your list, then growing your email list might not be like a financial return on ad spend, but there is that the number growth and you can kind of see a correlation there, mm-hmm. which I helps some of my clients at least get started. Yeah. And I don't think forever your ads should just be growing your list. At some point, the ads should help to increase your sales as well. But mm-hmm. if you're afraid of throwing money out, then list building ads are a really great place to start because you can see a return. As your email list grows, there's that feeling of, oh, something is happening. So, and that's a really good way to combat it initially, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It does. It really, really does. Do you ever look at an online event? Mostly, let's talk summits, okay? Because it's got a long promo period. In most cases, a, a summit promo period is anywhere between two weeks, three weeks. I like to do four weeks for the ones for my clients. And I like to do, especially with if we have a Facebook ads person on staff now, like part of the team, I like to do what's called runway. Like I like the pre-promo space to be running awareness campaigns uh getting stuff to you know getting stuff to a blog post getting stuff to a lead magnet anything where we can create some interaction and some click-throughs what is your favorite style of awareness ads prior to something like a summit what do you prefer that people do so exactly what you said actually pure awareness ads where you're driving traffic to that long form content. Typically it's either going to be a blog post. If you have a podcast, I still recommend that you send the traffic to the blog post 
like the show notes associated with your podcast. Okay. Or it could be video content. So if you do lives on Facebook or on Instagram, you can drive the traffic to those videos as well. Okay. Either one of those. And then retargeting anyone who consumes that content with a list building ad so that you can then get them onto your email list pre-summit. And then with the registration ads, those are also list building and lead generation ads. So absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Exactly what you said. So what do you do after a summit? What kind of ad structure would you recommend people do? Is there another retargeting campaign that you'd suggest? So immediately after the summit, if you have an open cart period, you can absolutely retarget summit participants to the open cart and to keep them keep keep whatever program or offer that you're running top of mind. Mm-hmm. Something like that probably want to keep the audience that's seeing those ads to summit participants exclusively. You wouldn't want to be posting like those to everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, And then always lead generation, always lead generation, growing your list because there's always people that are unsubscribing or not consuming or falling off for other reasons that if you're not kind of replacing them, then your email list is kind of shrinking. And so constantly growing your email list, especially if you're a course creator or you have a group program that you need as many eyes as possible to keep those enrollments rolling in. Absolutely. Would you, yeah, I I like the idea of having it go to the cart open. Uh, And you made me think while you were talking, I'm picturing the whole funnel in my head. And I'm wondering about uh, book a call funnels. A lot of my clients like to do lead generation to high-end programs, like high-ticket programs. Those pretty much all require a call. And we try and include the, the strategy of getting them into the call on the summit. However, it doesn't always you know, pan out 100%. Are book a call funnels or those types of lead generation funnels in terms of like um, paid advertising, do those work? I've never run a book funnel, so I don't have any personal experience with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have heard really positive feedback from others and experience, I guess, is more positive experiences in exactly what you're saying, like a summit or some sort of open or a launch event where book a call is the call to action and then running retargeting ads the same way you would for an open cart, but to mm-hmm. booking that call. Again, keeping it within the people who have in some way or another expressed an interest in the mastermind and the program, whatever it might be. Um, and book a call, those are really great for the big, like you said, the higher cost programs when it's a five figure plus investment mm-hmm. because it has that personal touch. Uh, and anything to just keep the the situ like the requirements top of mind. So to get in this program, you need to get on a call, reminding people that the program is open, book a call. You only have five days left to book a call. I could totally see how that would be a good choice, but I wouldn't both. You need to, in a situation like that, you want to really pick, are you promoting an application or book a call or the sales page? Like, oh, just one of them, Hmm. not confusing people, but like, I don't know what action to take because I saw an application ad and then I saw a book a call ad and now I'm seeing it like I don't know what to do so I'm going to do nothing so just picking one call to action I would be my main recommendation I think that's a strong strategy I am always 
I'm in alignment with that because I don't want people to get confused. And I think we easily, when we're trying to please all people or find all the people or open ourselves up to all the potential sales, we do tend to go this wide route. I see it a lot just in social media, especially post-summit. And I always tell my clients, we are going to be as focused after the summit as we were before and during. Like we're not going to go and go willy-nilly after the event. We are we're going to stay focused. We're going to stay on track because that's the thing that creates the success, right? Rinse and repeat, do it again and again. When you're looking to get into the, you know, the nitty gritty of running ads for a webinar or a launch like that client's membership or even a summit, what are you looking at at the funnel and where are your recommendations or what do you see that might be or like walk me through the steps of what you look at and what you would recommend to people that like might need changing for the success of the ad can you have like example can you have an ugly landing page and still do successful facebook ads does the page have to look a certain way like what are your steps to ensure success on that side because again we can write amazing copy for ads we can create amazing creative but if they land on something that doesn't jive with it, we're, we're going to have problems. So I think congruency is really important. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is when somebody goes from an ad or a social media post or a Pinterest and whatever it is to the landing page, does, is there a connection there? And then from that landing page to the thank you page, is there a connection there? And then to the sales page, is there a connection there? Like every step along the way, does the person know where they came from? Because, well, first of all, if you click on an ad and it opens and you're like, what is this? We've all had that experience where there's like yeah. a spam bot kind of ad and you're like, I have no idea how I got here. And it literally happened 30 seconds ago. So you don't want that. But you also don't want the person who has 73 tabs open to have got called away because their daughter's screaming and now they have to go. And when they come back, they're like, what's this? And they're just going to close it. But if they're like, oh, yeah, well, that's the same picture or the same vibe or energy that it, from the ad I saw or the social media post, Pinterest pin, whatever it is, they're, and remember, they're more likely to finish that journey. And so that congruency piece so that someone in their brain can connect the pieces is really important. So ugly ad or ugly Facebook ads, ugly landing pages can work. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, But simplicity is the most important thing. I would say simplicity of like, do they need to scroll to figure out what to do? Or is there just a form and the like sign up now button right there immediately? Okay. You don't want people to have to use too much brain power. Uh, I don't mean to be rude, but like, we're stupid. We're not, (laughs) right? (laughs) I don't mean to be mean, but we're dumb. (laughs) And lazy. Like, we don't want to scroll. We are totally lazy. Think about it. Yeah. We don't want, we don't, we want it to be like immediate access right there. I know what to do. I know how to do it. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to find it. So that form and the button that the person has to press after they've signed up should be above the fold which is like an old school digital or old school Mm -hmm. marketing term for newspapers above the fold on the front page. The person doesn't even have to open the newspaper. Right. And it's the same thing online, but it more means like they don't have to scroll down. So that's my biggest thing. And then on the thank you page. So if we have connection and congruency from all there on the thank you page, that is 
really, really valuable real estate that um, people don't always take advantage of. If you have a summit with a VIP upgrade, it's probably going to be a sales page for that VIP upgrade. But if it's just like a free lead magnet or a webinar or something saying, thank you, check your inbox, you're wasting that page. Yes. And you want there to be a step. It doesn't need to be a sale. It doesn't have to be a sale, but it needs to be a next step. So some of my personal lead magnets, the next step is join the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. Some of them, it's there's a quick like two minute video about the call and then like a button to book a call. Nice. Right. So there's always a next step because if you think of the like inertia, when we're in motion, we continue in motion. And so someone said, yes, I'm going to give you my email address. They're in motion. They're saying yes. So what's the next thing that they can say yes to? If it's right there on the thank you page, they're more likely to continue saying yes to you. You want to make it really easy. And this is another place that I find people either have nothing or they have like 40 things. And you're just like, no, one. So on that thank you page, (laughs) the one next step (laughs) doesn't need to be 30 different things. Just Um, one next step. No, one. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Just one. (laughs) I'm a little bit passionate about thank you pages. But there's nothing to there's nothing to apologize for. I'm I'm laughing because it's true. There's there's usually either it's either 40 things or it's nothing or it's mm-hmm. thanks, check your email. Okay. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. I will now go check my email. Have a nice day. There there's no there's no that you know, there's none of that continuation or that relationship building or the opportunity to, again, like you said, there's inertia, like once they're in their motion, let's keep them going. Let's get them moving on something. In my personal opinion, go ahead. I was just going to say, I will put in one caveat there is if you have double opt-in turned on and person, (laughs) sorry, I had a very visceral reaction to that one. You did. If you have double opt-in turned on, um, it, it really does. Your your call to action on the thank you page really does need to be go to your inbox. Yes. Say, yes, you want my email. Yes. Because I have double off. Like you need to make that very explicit because otherwise people might not. So if you have double opt-in, then that is your call to action. Go to your email box, do the things that you need to do to say yes. Yes. Um, but and we- you don't need to have double opt-in turned on. Thank you. Jenny and I have similar feelings about double opt-in. How could you I tell my feelings, Jenzea? How could you tell? How could you tell it's not something I like? I wonder. A slight, a slight negative reaction, just just a little bit. <laughs> I wish that this is like where they could re-roll that like rewind the tapes and just like you could re-put in your like ah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even yeah, for those for those who aren't seeing this on video and you're listening to it, go to the YouTube channel and uh, just fast forward to this point because the look on my face probably was uh, something you could screen capture. Um, my eyes like closed and total exasperation. There's things you can do that I think, and I will not, I promise you, I'm not going to go off on a tangent, but there is a reason for double opt-in and then there is a reason not to use it. And if you're in if you're in the business of acquiring leads and growing your email list, I don't use a double opt-in. What I do do is I make sure that do do. May I do make sure my landing page 
make sure that the right people register because I always have a section on my landing pages that say either this is for you or this is not. So I always create that, you know, before you register, is this the right thing for you? And I think that helps get some of the, you know, people that don't need to be part of this out of there. But I always, I never use the double opt-in. Do you know how many people click on that bloody double opt-in email? Like, it's low. It's really, really low. So you could have double opt-in. You could have 2,000 people sign up for your thing. And because you have a double opt-in and they don't see the email because a lot of people don't, you could end up with like 500 people who are confirmed. Mm-hmm. It's it's a hot mess. And I really... have 1,500 people. 1500 people who are like, where's the freebie? I want the freebie. Can't figure out how to get the freebie. Yeah. And then just like forget that you exist and. Exactly. And then never they never got the, the freebie. freebie and they never did anything. There was no action taken anywhere. They didn't join the Facebook group. They didn't get your follow-up emails. Anyways, long tangent, but let me ask you this. And this goes back to your process and obviously congruency between the ads and the landing page and you know you're passionate about thank you pages so am i we're on the same page there have you ever looked at a landing page or do you look at the landing pages and maybe the offers even and do you have like feelings about that that you relate to the client saying you know the way the page is looking right now i think there's changes that need to be made so that the landing page will convert better and things like that or do you just like what's your process there so um, the first thing that actually came to my mind is my second client ever, she had a freebie opt-in and had a full sales page for it, like a full long, it was crazy. And I remember going back to her and just saying, I really think we need to do a short landing page that just has the, the top. And her response was no, not interested. So I was like, okay. And we ran the ads. Um, And we actually, in the end, ended up running a long page and a short page. And her long sales page format of a landing page for a freebie actually did convert better for her audience. And so I do have feelings sometimes about landing pages. And I'm not always right. Um, Statistically, the short page would probably convert better if you took 100 different businesses and but that's the that's the glory of the board. That's the glory of A/B testing. Yes. You know, yes. That's- and that's that's the important thing. So typically, I will give my feedback to the client. Say for something like your button isn't sticking out. I I can't immediately see the button or the headline doesn't make sense to me. Is there any way we could clear it up? Mm-hmm. But I don't typically do that until after we've ran the ad, done the testing phase of the ads because. One of the requirements that I I ask of my clients is that whatever we're running the ad to is proven, that they've already got organic signups. Mm-hmm. And so typically that means the landing page does convert. So then the question is, is it not converting because we're now drawing cold audiences in who don't know you and have the same response of like, I don't understand this headline or whatever it is. Or is there a bigger problem? Like, where is that issue? But sometimes Mm -hmm. it does work. And then there's no reason to change it because it is working. Um, But looking at the landing page, looking at the freebie, looking at the flow of everything is part of the process. Um, And then giving feedback, especially throughout running the ads. Yeah, I can see how that makes a difference. I know that uh, there was somebody that I worked with years ago 
and they would look at all the different levels of the funnel and they would comment on what the offers and things like that were. So they wanted to really understand all the different permutations of what everything looked like so they could um, ensure that the ads would perform better in this, that, and the other. Did it work? Yeah, sometimes, not all the time, but it did absolutely help to have somebody who's got a keen eye for at least conversion tactics and marketing and things like that to understand how these pages can be improved or where there might be like a lack of congruency between the offer or the page, like, all those different things. It's always good. It's always good. And by the way, yeah. you were talking about having a page that's or that's proven. I have a landing page right now. I am not kidding you. For the month of September, it's been performing at 98.9%. What? That is amazing. 98.9% opt-in rate on this, this landing page for a lead magnet of mine. And we're running... Like they, people don't know me. They're they're running off of a uh, they're they're running off of a like a a giveaway, and they're going to that page, okay. and we're getting ninety eight percent. I'm super curious if we ran ads to that, what that would look like, like what that percentage would change to, because I know it would. But I'm very curious. I know that this at least, like it's proven the page works, but it's with a very different mm. type of audience. So well, and. I was thinking, as you said, that typically I see opt-in rates that high with pop-ups. So when some of my clients use lead pages and they use their pop-up feature Mm -hmm. with a blog post instead of a landing page, and you typically see conversion rates up in the 90s, 95, 98 with those pop-ups because somebody has already already decided that they're going to download it before they click the the button and then the mm-hmm. pop-up comes, they've already made that decision. They sign, they fill it out and they move on, right? Yeah. Versus a landing page where they end up there, are looking at the information, make their decision and will click out. So I'm wondering with you as a giveaway, is there like an information bubble or something else associated with you and your freebie that they've already made a decision before they even open yes. your landing page? Yes, there's a graphic, right? so a that, sentence and a button. That might play in. Okay. Yeah. All right. That and makes because sense. You're trusted, you were trusted by whoever's hosting the giveaway to be part of the giveaway. Um, and they might have a little bit of knowledge of you through the giveaway that that might be, that might play a part into it. Mm-hmm. But I would also say that like, that's a really good conversion rate and seeing how it did with cold audiences outside of that container would be really interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, I, I'm very curious. My interest is peaked to see what that would kind of look like. <laughs> it really is. All right, let's wrap this up. We've been, we could keep going. You and I have notoriously had incredibly long conversations in this space. And to honor the podcast, we're like, I'm looking at the countdown going, okay, we should probably wrap this up. We'll have to have you back on. Obviously there's too many things for us to talk about and too many things to laugh about that is for real. So <laughs> can you <laughs> can you sort of walk us out on, um, just your final thoughts in terms of Facebook ad strategy for lead magnets and list generation and sales and what you'd recommend to people? Uh, So I guess the advice that I typically give is to take baby steps. Even if you're afraid, even if you're not sure that taking those baby steps is a really great way to get started. And, Mm -hmm. And then you can kind of slowly expand further. You don't have to start spending $10,000 a month to have success. As I shared in that case study, she was only spending $1,000, 2000 
and had a huge amount of success. So baby steps is the advice I typically give everybody. I like that. And where can everybody sort of find you, connect with you? What would you tell people to go and find you? And where would you go tell people to find you, I should say? So the best place is uh, my own podcast, Market Scale Grow. You can go to marketscalegrow.com forward slash listen now to hear the most recent episode. And I'm also on Instagram at hey, it's Jen Zaya. So those, those are the two spots. Absolutely. And you do really good stories on Instagram. I'm always checking your stories out. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for doing this, Jen Zaya. You're amazing. Such incredible insights and experiences into the world of Facebook ad strategy with list generation or sorry, lead generation, list building and launches. If you're looking to amplify your lead generation efforts, grow your email lists and make more money with your offers, be sure to connect with Jenzea. She's amazing and explore everything she can do for your business. And if you found this episode valuable, please make sure to subscribe and I'd love to get a review. I'd love to hear what you're thinking. And you can also go to the Oddphonic Podcast Network website at oddphonic.com and check out the show notes for this page. I'll make sure that Jenzea's podcast is listed so you can go and see that as well. Thanks so much. And we'll be back soon with some other great content. Take care.